Hello everybody and welcome to On the Blood Trail. My name's Tyler Slager, I'm the host of this podcast. I know it's been a little while since uh, the last podcast, so let's get right to it. This podcast we're going to kind of just recap last year. Uh, 2020, it was uh, a tough year for a lot of people, uh, not just with the COVID stuff going on, but with uh, just mentally being able to cope with things, with not being able to do your regular day-to-day routines or even financially that puts a lot of stress on a lot of people. But from what I can tell, it looks like a lot of people still got out into the woods and got after the animals and had a good time. And uh, that's what this podcast is about. We want to kind of go over uh, just how 2020 season went for us here. Uh, as a whole, I'd say it was a success. Uh, I know personally I didn't get out as much as I'd wanted to. I uh, didn't get as many animals as I had wanted to, but at the end of the day, uh, I capitalized on uh, my very first antelope hunt, non-trophy. Uh, it's on the YouTube channel. I know you guys have seen that on there. If you haven't, go check it out. Uh, it took me 10 years to get drawn for that tag, and it was uh, it was frustrating when I didn't get drawn the first year I actually put in for uh, pulling the tag, because Ryan got drawn and I didn't, and we went to hound... Uh, to southern Alberta, had no idea what we were getting into, I didn't even realize what area we had put in for, and managed to get some permission from a nice farmer, rancher, I should say, they don't farm down there, they're, they're huge ranchers. Uh, he gave us permission on a piece of land of his, we went after some antelope, Ryan got his non-trophy tag filled, and it was just a, a really cool hunt, and I didn't even realize it that year, but this year going down there, uh, we went to the same area, talked to the same rancher. He gave us permission on the same spot. It was uh, deja vu. And I uh, didn't realize that antelope don't actually care about wind direction. I, I knew I had heard it somewhere before, but it slipped my memory. And so here we are trying to go after these antelope thinking there's no way in the world this is going to work because the wind is just terrible. And <laughs> little did we know, they didn't care. I ended up shooting my antelope. It came in from downwind. We had belly crawled and stalked forever and ever there was bucks in the field chasing the does around from pillar to post and uh, all of a sudden these two antelope look at us and they're like huh i wonder what that is out in the field so then they turn around and just started coming right towards us and came in close enough to get a shot off it was a really cool experience i can't wait to go after a buck uh, i know i'll be due for a buck tag either next year or the year after and and I'm right up there for uh, trophy antelope and archery antelope so it should be a fun time I know Ryan and my dad are also way up there in priority and uh, it'll be a, a great adventure that we get to go on when uh, and if we all get drawn together so stay tuned for that uh, outside of the antelope hunting <laughs> tried and tried and tried for whitetails this year and it seemed like it was a really really good rut for people that were in the right area for it and for the rest of the people that were hunting it was a horrendous rut we seen what a lot of people were calling a trickle rut and it wasn't consistent it wasn't in the daylight it wasn't at night uh, it was very sporadic it was a couple of bucks tending does here and there uh, nothing super serious I, it was really weird for us it was like you either saw a really nice deer or like a basket rack first year buck it wasn't the middle aged deer just weren't there and I guess that's just the way that the hunt went uh, I know we put a lot of time in the tree stands I sat with the bow quite a ways into rifle season even 
Uh, and then it got to the point in rifle season where I was like, you know what, let's just try and do this with a gun. Uh, we tried everything, uh, tree stands, travel corridors, uh, a couple of deer drives, and it just it didn't materialize. And I wasn't about to fold my tag on something that was extremely subpar because I didn't feel the need to. And at the end of the day, we'll just look forward to going after more deer next year. Uh, I know Ryan shot a really nice buck with his bow. That one's on the YouTube channel. You can check that one out if you haven't already. And that buck was also Ryan's biggest bow kill whitetail to date. So it was a good hunt. Uh, I know my dad shot a really nice buck. Uh, one that he's only seen a few times in the last couple of years. It was a pretty good year for everybody but me. Uh, but that's okay. Uh, I was pretty excited to get out for the antelope with the limited time that I had. Didn't really get to chase elk. Saw some, but that's just the way that this year kind of went. It was a, a bit of an anomaly. You made plans and plans were broken, but uh, still managed to make the most of it. If you wanted to dial it back, we uh, could go even back to the spring. Uh, bear hunts were great. As you guys can see, all the videos that are on the channel there. Uh, Zach shot his very first black bear. That was an awesome hunt. Uh, even for just seeing one bear, it was a pretty cool uh, experience to get out there and, and get him his first bear. Uh, Ryan shot a really nice bear with his bow. Uh, I shot a bear with a muzzle loader. That was a first for me. Uh, another hunt that I guess I haven't had a chance to talk about because it's been a while since we did this podcast uh, was the sheep hunt. Talked about going on the sheep hunt. Uh, it was a new experience for myself. Uh, my dad had done it last year. He'd done it uh, a number of years ago, we went to the Northwest Territories after doll sheep on a, a guided hunt. Uh, it, it was uh, a different experience. It wasn't what I expected. It was uh, a really hard hunt. Uh, it took a, a little bit of preparation. I know I didn't prepare as much as I needed to. Uh, it did change up the diet quite a bit and dropped a significant amount of weight before going on the hunt. I know that that wouldn't have been possible. Uh, to even make it into base camp without changing things around. Uh, so I was pretty happy with myself on that front. Uh, getting in there with the, the horses made a huge difference. We brought in a couple of horses to pack in some stuff. And uh, I know some people think that that's lazy or cheating, but if you have the resources and the ability to, to capitalize on it, why not? So we brought everything in there get settled in for camp. Uh, we spent a couple of days scouting, found a band of rams. Uh, there was a couple of rams in the group that were in question for opening day and we just couldn't stretch their horns to be legal. And so we tried to look around for more rams and couldn't find anything else. It was uh, weird. The year prior my dad was in there and saw a whole whack of rams and a lot of legal ones and this year when we went in it just was a different story. Uh, but that's just how it goes. It was a, a cool hunt. It, it was a good feeling going into a hunt knowing that you were coming out without anything, but that wasn't at your fault. Because we checked and tried and just looked all over the place for, for more rams and it just wasn't going to happen this year. So uh, we came out and uh, I guess uh, looking forward to trying uh, sheep hunting again this coming year. I, I know now that you have all the gear and uh, you're you're mentally you know what to expect and it's just going to be so much more exciting to get after it again and eventually uh, be able to pull the trigger on a ram it's going to be a lot of fun and hopefully next year we connect uh, now the cherry on the top for 2020 it was kind of an unplanned actually it was completely unplanned uh, went down to arizona uh, and went after coos deer 
Now, for the people listening that don't know what a coos deer is, because I know I was in this category for a while, uh, a coos deer is just a miniature version of a whitetail. Our deer in northern Canada have at least 100 pounds on them. Uh, you could probably almost say that our big bucks are twice the size of their big bucks in body size. Uh, Antler-wise, uh, Pope and Young for a, a whitetail is 125 inches. Uh, Pope and Young for a coos deer is 70 inches. So the way that I've looked and done a little bit of research into it, if you shoot a coos deer, add 60 inches, and that would be the comparable to what you would have shot if it was a northern whitetail. And uh, they're very, very skittish little animals. They call them uh, jackrabbits with antlers. I could totally see that after the way we were hunting them. We hunted them uh, on a water hole. Uh, at that time of the year, uh, in December, it's a pretty common way to hunt them uh, just because uh, it just gives you a chance to see deer. Uh, it's a really, really hard animal to spot and stalk. Uh, even just watching them come into the water hole, they, they peek their head over the hill and they're looking around. They know that danger is somewhere. And they come in, I saw coos deer spook from everything from crows to quails to each other. And so you know how edgy they are. And I, I don't even understand how a person would be able to spot and stalk. And uh, the people that do, uh, props to them. Because that would be a very, very difficult uh, feat to accomplish. Uh, but as far as how the hunt went, we saw lots and lots of deer. Way, way more than normal years. Uh, that's just because... Uh, there's an exceptional drought going on down in Arizona this year, and so the numbers are a lot higher. The deer are forced to drink more often or come from further to get water, and a lot of the water holes are dried up, and so they're forced to go to just a, the select few that still have water in them. Um, and, yeah, it's it's just a really cool hunt. I'm glad that I did it. Managed to shoot a really nice buck with my bow, uh, like I said, Pope and Young is 70 inches on those deer, and my deer scored, uh, gross scored just over 82. And uh, I think even with deductions, he would still net Pope and Young. So a pretty big accomplishment for myself. Uh, Ryan came down afterwards and managed to shoot his first coos buck with a bow. Uh, that was also a pretty cool hunt. And uh, managed to get those hunts on video. Uh, and then my dad shot a coos buck the other day, and that one's on video too. That'll be a uh 2021 kill so that one doesn't really fall into our 2020 recap here but either way uh it's really interesting you go down there you can shoot a buck in december and then shoot a buck in january uh but if you shoot your buck in january you can't go after them the following fall uh with a, a rifle draw or with a bow in december uh, but really cool uh, the tag was good for a mule deer buck or a coos buck and just so happened to be that we sealed the deal on uh, some coos deer so that one was pretty cool. Can't wait to get that one all edited up and sent out to you guys to watch on YouTube. I know you're going to enjoy it because it's a very different uh, type of hunt. It's I don't know if you could call it exotic because it's just another version of a deer. But it is on the North American 29 or... Yeah, 29. Uh, and now I can say I have three out of four of the deer species on that North American 29 with my bow. So that's pretty cool. Last one that's left would be a blacktail. Do not have any plans of going after blacktail anytime soon, but who knows? We like to do a lot of spur of the moment stuff. And that actually sums up pretty well all of the 2020 hunting season for us. It was uh, at its highs and its lows like every year. Uh, it was fun. Uh, the coos hunt was definitely the cherry on top. I can't wait to go after those deer again. I'd love to try it with a rifle. Uh, shooting with a bow is... Uh, 
just a whole nother world of difficult. And uh, yeah, so looking forward into 2021, we all have tags that we're hoping to draw this year. I know antelope is on the list. Who knows if we'll get it. Uh, going after sheep again. I think we're going to do it until we get some sheep. That's just how that works. Uh, more whitetail hunting planned. Some mule deer hunting planned. Uh, maybe even moose. I'm sure one of us is due to get drawn for moose. If not, we're going after him with a bow. That's how that's going to happen. Uh, elk hunting. Uh, bear hunting. Uh, and then Ryan Spencer and myself are actually getting ready to head down to Alabama for a deer hunt. It should be a, an interesting time. It's going to be the first time that we've gone after uh, just regular whitetails outside of Canada, actually. So it'll be pretty exciting. Uh, looking forward to going down and doing that. We're going to bring the bows, uh, try to get some, some bow kills, some camera footage, uh, put some hunts together. It's going to be a really interesting time, and it's, uh, it's going to be an exciting hunt and another adventure that I'm sure we won't forget for a long time. Uh, Outside of that, stay tuned. Uh, Slager Outdoors has a lot of stuff coming up, and you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, I know there's some real exciting action. Uh, there's going to be some stuff where you're going to scratch your head and be like, man, how in the world did they manage to pull that off or not pull that off? Uh, it's, uh, I can't really say much more than that. You're just going to kind of see it as it comes, uh, but stay tuned. Make sure you go over and follow uh, Slager Outdoors. Follow me at On The Blood Trail. On Instagram, uh, Slager Outdoors is, I believe, Slager underscore Outdoors. Uh, find us on the YouTube channel. Like, comment, subscribe, all that fun stuff. Uh, that's how we can manage to keep putting stuff out for you guys. Yeah, lots of support. The support seems to be increasing and growing, and it's uh, an exciting time to be able to put these hunts together, go on hunts and film them uh, for you guys, really. Uh, now, looking forward into 2021, I see quite a few people put together a list of things that you should uh, try to, not New Year's resolutions, but things that you should look into maybe exploring or, or trying differently. And I, for myself, I would say I'd recommend, yeah, try something new. Do some new stuff. Hunt a different animal that you wouldn't normally hunt. And I know uh, there's going to be people that are like, oh, well, I'm only a deer hunter or an elk hunter and that's that's all i care to hunt well if you have a chance to go after something like bears do it it's cool it's if you have the ability to hunt and you're a hunter and you love to hunt and be a part of conservation you owe it to yourself and to conservation to go out there and try hunting for a different animal uh, if you hunt every animal that there is possible maybe try hunting them a different method uh, if you spot and stalk an animal and you have the ability to bait it try baiting it I know a lot of people don't like baiting. I've tried it both ways. I know the difficulties and the, uh, uh, I guess, the easiness of different methods. Uh, but it doesn't mean that it's a shoe-in. I know uh, hunting deer over a bait or a bear over a bait, uh, the big ones are going to stay big and they get big for a reason. It would be like if you came home and somebody had just randomly left a, a pizza on your counter. You're going to be like, huh, that pizza smells good. But I don't remember putting it there. And I don't know if I want to try that. Then after a while, maybe you'll kind of ease up on your nerves and go and try a slice. Uh, that's kind of how it is with the big animals in the bush. And a lot of times they don't come in unless it's dark. So, uh, yeah, try that. Or if you do bait, try spot and stalk. It's a, another very interesting and difficult way of hunting. But you can get up on certain animals and, and make a play. And it's actually a lot easier than a person would think. Or maybe he'll realize that you're not cut out for that version of hunting at all. Uh, but you never know unless you try. 
So maybe you've tried hunting different animals. Maybe you've tried hunting them different methods. Uh, my next thing on my list would be maybe try a different weapon. I see a lot of people that say they'd love to get into archery hunting uh, or even just practicing archery because it looks like it would be something fun to try and new to try. And I'd highly recommend it. I know that we love to archery hunt because it, it gives you an extra added challenge. You have to get right into the close quarters of these animals uh, inside their personal space, really. And a lot of times they get inside of your personal space. Uh, but it also opens a lot of opportunity to hunt outside of rifle season. I know in Alberta here, if you're only a rifle hunter, a lot of different areas in this province, the only places and times you're going to be able to hunt is like November 1st to the 30th. Uh, with a bow in a lot of these places, you're good from August 25th or September 1st, depending on the spot, right up until the end of November. And uh, I know in some of the other zones, you can go right into December. So we like to try and maximize opportunity. Uh, now, if you are a bow hunter and a rifle hunter, maybe uh, try using different broadheads. I know that over the years, a lot of people bounce back and forth between uh, fixed blades and mechanicals and one year they think fixed blades fly better or penetrate better or just do more damage and then the next year it's all mechanicals fly better and uh, they fly like a field point and they do more damage or maybe try a different diameter in your broadhead now i wouldn't recommend by any means going huge on your broadhead diameter because i know uh, with the animals in our experience it's not always a good thing to have a two inch cut i know uh, some animals like an elk their ribs are pretty indestructible when it comes to a broadhead uh, and you lose a lot of kinetic energy on initial impact with a mechanical broadhead. And if you have a huge cutting diameter, there's a really good chance that you're not going to get penetration at all. Or if you do, it's going to be very minimal. And that's never good for uh, recovering your animal. And it's uh, not something you want to put an animal through by any means. Uh, but yeah, try fixed blades if you're a mechanical guy. Or uh, if you're into mechanicals, try fixed blades. I know I like to shoot mechanicals. Uh, the last few animals I've killed with my bow have been with mechanical broadheads and I've watched a few reviews on different ones and a guy almost thinks that fixed blade is the way to go. I'd love to know what you guys think. If you're a fixed blade broadhead shooter or a mechanical broadhead shooter, tell me why and which ones and what you like about them or what you don't like about some in previous uh, experience. Uh, another thing I would recommend is if you have the opportunity to go somewhere else outside of your typical province or state and hunt in that area uh, if even if it's for the same animal give it a try it's it's cool I, I i talk to a lot of people about how i'd love to hunt in this state or that state and they're like well you're never going to get anything as big as what you you have at home and that's not what it is to me i love to hunt for the sake of hunting and getting out into the woods and i would be just as happy to go down into a state that doesn't have very big deer and shoot what's considered a nice deer for that area because it would be no different than shooting a nice deer in the area that I already hunt. You're going down there and you're trying to outsmart the smartest of animals and it's a lot of fun and if you get the chance to go after something in a in a different place it, it's it's cool and there's so many resources nowadays where you can actually pull up maps and figure out where is over the counter and where is going to be guiding required and you can kind of make your decision based on all of those different options and just try it even if it's just for a weekend or a week or if you're going a long ways away you might want to invest a little bit more time into it but 
Uh, find a buddy that wants to go with you. Do whatever you got to do. Go out and try hunting somewhere new. Uh, and the last thing that I, I think I'd recommend for this upcoming hunting year and hunting season, uh, take somebody new hunting. It doesn't have to be a kid. It doesn't have to be uh, any person in specific, but take somebody that hasn't gone hunting or has shown an interest in hunting, but hasn't gotten the chance to try it out into the woods. See if you can challenge yourself as a teacher and a mentor, uh, challenge them as a new hunter or an experienced hunter. Uh, it doesn't, it, it could be a friend of yours that knows you go hunting all the time and shows a little bit of interest in going, but hasn't ever committed. It just poke them and plant that seed and tell them, Hey, let's go. Let's, let's try it. This, this is your year. Let's, let's go out and try it. Uh, or take a kid that's never been hunting, take them out hunting. Uh, or even if it's somebody that, like I said before, that they only hunt deer, take them out hunting for bears, take them out hunting for any other animal that, uh, they wouldn't normally go after that you have the opportunity to hunt. And it's, it's a rewarding feeling. It's, you owe it to, uh, you owe it to hunters we got to keep the the sport of hunting and the i know we say it's a sport and i don't know why it's classified as that i know a lot of people majority of people should be hunting for food and that's the whole purpose of it but at the end of the day it is still a sport uh, we want to grow it and get more people involved and uh, the end goal should be to pull each other closer together instead of pushing each other apart i know we do a terrible amount of pushing each other apart but that just seems to be uh how the hunting community is as terrible as that can sound uh but take somebody new hunting get somebody uh interested in it uh you owe it to them you owe it to yourself uh and it's another another thing that you won't regret it's pretty cool watching somebody go through getting their first animal or having a close encounter with an animal and watching them get those feelings that you had once upon a time and and I know I enjoy it. It, it tests you as a teacher and a mentor. And, and what it, it's really doing is you're thinking about how well you know your stuff. So somebody's going to look to you and say, what do I do? And being somebody that's out there doing it more often than they are, you're going to be the one that's telling them, well, do this or try that. And it's, it's cool that way because you can test yourself as well as testing them, uh, but even just taking somebody out, getting them familiar with a gun, getting them shooting a, a bow, uh, even if it's not to hunt this fall or this spring, uh, get them practice, get them started on it. It's, it's a building block. And once you get to the point where they're ready to hunt and you're ready to take them, uh, you go out and you make the most of uh, your practice and your knowledge. And uh, it's a cool, cool experience, a cool time. And something that a lot of people I think would enjoy if they tried it more often. And it looks like that covers all the notes I have for this podcast. Uh, I know it wasn't the longest podcast. I know it's been a while since the last one, uh, but I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it. Uh, if you did, go and follow me on Instagram, at On The Blood Trail. Uh, check out our YouTube channel. There will be links in the description on Instagram. Uh, you can find on the page on Facebook. Uh, give it a like or a follow. Uh, go on YouTube, follow Slager Outdoors. Uh, you can find Slager Outdoors on Instagram as well. Uh, I know there's going to be a lot of videos, a lot of content coming to all of these platforms, uh, stuff that you're not going to want to miss. I know there's stuff that I'm not going to want to miss, and uh, I was a part of most of it. So make sure you're uh, in the loop on that. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, see you guys on the next one.